Oh, y'all don't find y'all believe that. Why don't you try another day? But tell them my name is Victory. That's right. That's right. I know you thought my name was Arthur, but my name is Victory. Hallelujah. I have victory this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Good, 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 good. We're so faithful, so gracious to us. Amen. You ready to get in the word of God this morning? I don't know about you, but I'm ready to eat. Amen. I'm ready to feast. Amen. This morning. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Habakkuk, chapter number two. And while you're getting that, I just want to just again, just reiterate some announcements. Amen. Join us this. Amen. Um, Tuesday morning, 5 a.m. We'll have our sweet 16 morning prayer call. 16 minutes. Amen. Of prayer. Amen. To jumpstart your day. Amen. The reason we call it sweet, sweet 16, because yes, it's, it's 16 minutes. Amen. But this is the year 2000 sweet, 2016. And we declare this will be our sweet 16. Amen. We believe, we believe and we declare that this will be our year of advancement, our year of growth. So if you keep hearing sweet 16, that, that, that's, that's the term that we're using in the house. Sweet 16. Watch it tell you, this is my sweet 16. Oh, yes, this is my sweet 16. This is my year of advancement. This is my year to grow. And you will continue to hear that throughout the year. Amen. That this is our year to walk into the promises of God. Just as God anointed Joshua to lead the people after Moses, the servant of the Lord died. Amen. Joshua took them over the Jordan. He took them into the promised land. Amen. They crossed over. It was their inheritance. And I believe that God wants us to walk into our inheritance this year. Amen. I preached a message a few months ago, where we were a few weeks ago, called the place called Gilgal. And we talked about Gilgal. God was the first place that the Israelites stopped once they crossed the Jordan. And that was their place where God began to strip away their nomadic thinking because they never had their own country. They never had their own place before. But God began to transition them and prepare them for their inheritance, for their blessing, for ownership. And how many of you know when God begins to, when God wants to bless you, your mind has to be prepared for the blessing, right? You can't say, God, I want you to bless me with a million dollars and you can't handle five dollars. There's a preparation that you must go through, amen, to experience the blessing of the Lord. And so we've been talking about that over the last three weeks. We've been speaking about the God of the real life. If you don't know about that, please go to our website. Please go to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash the gathering NJ. Amen. What we did for those who haven't been here. Amen. We did a reality teaching series. Just like, you know, you have these secular reality TV shows, you know. Real housewives of whatever they call. Amen. Amen. You got love and hip hop. <laughs> all, all these shows that, that, that you have out there. We said, well, you know what? Let's preach the gospel. Let's talk about the real issues that we face as Christians. And so I thank God for our elder Olu. He did a phenomenal job. Amen. Once again, I want to thank God for him. I keep trying to say, Tyler Perry has nothing on you, brother. From acting, from editing, from doing everything. It was a labor of love. He lost so many nights of sleep. Amen. I think he lost a day of work. I mean, I mean, he did everything to get this thing done. And so I thank God for his faithfulness, his dedication here to the gathering church. Let's give God praise for him one, one more time, can we? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you did not see last week's episode, go online, go see it.
But one of the points that we brought out last week, or last week's theme was, I'm not about that life. I'm not about that life. And so we talked about the, the, the comparison of being a part of the life that God wants, that abundant life, and being part of the, the worldly life, that, that carnal life, that, 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 that life that's anti-Christ. And one of the issues that came out in the character of Tyler was that he lacked self-discipline. Everybody say discipline. Oh, yeah, he lacked self-discipline. He, he, he wanted the blessings of God, but he lacked the discipline to get the blessings of the Lord. And so that word discipline has just stuck with me all week. And even as my wife and I were praying, she said, honey, discipline. I'm like, you all in it. I wasn't going to touch that because discipline is not a nice word for some people. You know, we hear discipline. We're like, oh, God discipline. I don't want to hear that word discipline. That, that, that word sounds so structured. It sounds so rigorous. It sounds so hard. But we're going to talk about discipline this morning. Amen. And I want to talk about discipline as, as it relates to your purpose and your destiny. Because you have a purpose and a destiny. You might not know you have a purpose and a destiny. But I'm here to declare to you, you do have a purpose. You do have a... The, the fact that you're still breathing it means you have a purpose. Now, your job is to discover why you're still breathing. Why are you still here? The late Dr. Miles Monroe said there's two wonderful days in the life of a human being. The day he's born and the day he finds out why he is born. Have you found out why you were born? Maybe in God's house, because God is trying to show you why you were born. When I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, I was about 15 years old. I thought I was living my life on, on purpose, but I realized I truly had no purpose. But he began to give me purpose. He began to carve out my life even as a teenager. I couldn't do what everybody else wanted to do. I'm not saying I was perfect now. Don't get it twisted. But I'm saying that God took me through a process to give me where I am today. God called me to preach at the age of 16 years old. I didn't want to preach. <laughs> I want to hang out with my friends. I want to go to the skate key. I want to go to the movies. But he said, I called you to preach. And it was a process to get me where I am today. It took a long time. People say, oh, you're quick. You're young. No, it took a long time. You know, people look at you and say, oh, my God, you're like an overnight success. But I say, it must have been one long night because it did not happen that way. People are like, oh, I've been following you for years. I know you haven't. You haven't been with me when I was a teenager going through the process to get here. But God has carved my life. He's, he, 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 he has taught me some things along the way. And it started with a, a mindset of, of discipline. If you're going to go after all that God has for you, you have to have a heart of discipline. Discipline is that word that we don't always like to hear, but discipline is the word that we need in order for us to grow in our walk with God. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I'm coming to Habakkuk. Don't worry, I'm coming back. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And the last thing that, the, 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 that Galatians talk about is he's talking about self-control. He's talking about self-discipline. He's talking about having that, 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 that discipline to go after all that God has for you. Many times when we talk about the New Year's, we have our resolutions, the things that we want to do in this life, the, 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 the things that we want to accomplish this year, and by the time February and March come, it fizzled out. And I, and I, and I made a declaration, Lord, I said, Lord, I'm not going to allow this year to fizzle out. 
There's some things that I know I want personally for my own life. I believe there's some things that God wants you to have personally for your own life. But you cannot go back to the old way of thinking. You cannot go back to the old mindset. You cannot go back to the old things, you know, that, that have kept you. So then when 2017 comes, yeah, maybe I'll do it this year. And then maybe I'll do it in 2018. No, no, no. Let's be disciplined this year to go after the vision and the dream that God has for us. I was speaking to Brother Allen in the back. Wave your hand, Brother Allen. Praise the Lord. Brother Allen and I always have these little talks, sporadic talks. It just happens. And we were just talking about not allowing ourselves to get distracted this year. Because it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to allow ourselves to fall prey to the cares of this life. I mean, look, it ain't pretty out there. How many earthquakes did we have this year, this week alone? Two. And they're talking about more. The, 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 I hear some, some, some of the specialists who study earthquakes talking about there could be super earthquakes all different parts of the world. Because the tectonic plates are, are trying to realign themselves. So here we are in the last days. Got a crazy election going on. Everybody's just screwed up. And I'm like, I don't even know who to vote for, Jesus. The moment I think I know the person, I was like, well, no, what? And I, what? And I definitely ain't going to that one. No, the devil is a lie. That's the mark of the beast or something. I ain't doing that. And, 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 and you have, you, and you, in this world, like, what is going on around us, God? The only person that can keep us together is Jesus. He's the only one that could lead us, that can guide us, that can give us the wisdom that we need in these last days. But you have to have a disciplined life. Let's go to the book of Habakkuk, shall we? The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, through verse 4, it says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that read it. For the vision is yet for appointed time, but the end, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. I, I'll read that again. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that read it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it shall surely come to pass surely come to pass God has a vision for your life he has a plan for your life he has a plan for 2016 for the sheer fact that you're here today says that he has a plan for your life the question is do you know the plan if you don't know the plan it's time to discover the plan and when he gives you something don't just take it lightly because sometimes the problem is not that we don't know the plan. That the, that the thing is God gives us the plan, but we take the plan lightly. He's like, eh. And we toss it aside. It's like, God, I want to know what to do with my life. I want to know what to do with my life. He's like, I told you what to do with your life. See, God is the type of person. He doesn't give you everything at once. He gives you a little piece. Now, if you chew on that, then he'll give you something else to chew on. But if you just let that little morsel be like, this is it. This is, this, this, this is what, this is. You want me? This little thing? Little becomes much in a master's hand. 
And sometimes God just gives you a, a, a little indicator. He just gives you a little confirmation or something that you're supposed to be doing. But if you ignore it, you won't get the rest of the picture. <laughs> it reminds me of a story of a, of a, of a guy who, who was looking for a wife, but he was actually a millionaire, but he dressed like a bum. And so he, he said, if you can't love me for me, then I don't want to marry you. And so he, 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 he would date and he would find all these women like, oh, I don't want to be with you. You're a bum. You look like that. And then finally someone said, I love you for you, broke or poor, whatever. He said, well, I'm filthy rich, baby. And here's the rest of it. And sometimes God is like that. God will come in the obscurity of life. He will minister things to you that don't make any cotton picking sense. And like, God, is this God? Is you really? Uh, uh. And it's him talking to you because he's trying to give you some vision for your life. If you just grab hold onto what he says, he'll begin to open up the door and allow you to see things that you've never seen before. This is the season that we're in, church. God wants us to have vision for our lives. The scripture says, write the vision, make it plain. The vision is the map of your life. as why you are here. You say, well, what's, what, what's your vision? Well, I'm a doctor. I'm, I'm a nurse. I'm, I'm this. I'm a teacher. I, I, I'm a lawyer. You know, you know I, I, I'm a handyman. I, I'm a contractor. I, I, I do these things. But that's not your purpose. That might help serve to your purpose. But is that your true purpose? Is that why God has put you on planet Earth for such a time as this? Or is there more that he has in store? Is it just to go to work Monday through Friday? Go to a job that's something you don't like anyway. Deal with people who got stink attitudes all day. Okay, depending, depending on what your profession is. Grab a check, okay, that you don't think is enough anyway. Barely pay your bills. That little tithing, that's a whole nother sermon. That's definitely a whole nother sermon. I'll have Pastor Dwayne deal with that one. And they come to church on Sunday and just go through the cycle over and over and over and over again. And you're getting older, you're looking at yourself in the mirror, now gray's coming. I mean, I was looking at Mark, she said, honey, you have grays. I said, the devil's alive. No, I don't. She said, no, honey, for real, look at yourself. I said, where? She said, look at all this. And all of a sudden, I started to see all these little grays. She said, people can't really see it. Let them look close. I said, where are these grays coming from? And she said, that's Diane, and that's Earl, and that's Alan, and that's me, and that's this. And she has a name for each and every one of you. Said, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but we're getting older. But the thing is, are we accomplishing our purpose, our plan? When we close our eyes and stand before the Lord, is he really going to say, well done, that good and faithful servant, enter into that rest? Or are you just going to make it in just by the skin of your teeth? Or are you saying, Lord, I'm going to walk in purpose. I'm going to walk in the dream that you're giving me. I'm going to walk in the map that you have for my life. Write the vision. Make it plain. It's not something that you just say, I have it in my mind. No, write it down. Write it down. I'm talking with Pastor Vernon, we, with, with the women's ministry, they're going to do, you, you guys are going to have this whole vision teaching. I'm so excited about it. I think she started the last time, but you guys are going to create vision boards for your life. Have a vision where you're headed to. Don't waste, as my brother would say, precious oxygen daily. Have a, 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 a sense of purpose for your life.
You see, your vision is your vehicle in life. It's your driving force. Your purpose is your fuel. It's the passion that you have for living. That even if you're not, even if you're not in the profession of your, your, your vision, but you use your profession to fuel your vision. Some of you missed that. Well, Pastor, I'm not doing what I'm called to do. I'm not doing what I'm, I'm not. Look, look, before I, before I was pastor, I, I worked at the bank. I was a banker. Now, you ask, what did I have to do with you being a pastor? I, 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 at first, I was like, nothing. I just went got this job. Just God called me to full-time ministry. This is not what he called me to do. I'm just waiting for him to open the door. But you know what? I couldn't get the full-time ministry until I went through part-time ministry. I couldn't fund the ministry if I didn't have no money. So as much as I wanted to go into full-time ministry, there was going to be no money for no ministry because, I mean, you know, it takes money to run ministry. I don't care how much grace and mercy and tongues you got. At the end of the day, the PSNG want their money for their lights. Take your job and fill your vision. Fuel it. Build yourself up to it. If you know that this is, if you know what your current situation is not your dream, Use it to build up to your dream. Don't stay where you are. Use it for your advantage. Use it as leverage to get towards where God wants you to be. And if you're married, get in partnership with your spouse and talk about your dream. One of the things I, I, I told my wife, she's an she, she, she's a, she's a, a, a anointed school teacher. I mean, one of the best. I'm not just saying because she's my wife. She's really that good. She, she, every school that she's gone to has been a failing school. And every time she goes into a school, she'll always bump up test scores. One, one year, she'll bump up test scores. The kids would be um, 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 so low on their test scores that by the time she's done, they'll be proficient. And I told her, and she got so frustrated because she said, man, why is, this, why, why is the school administration so screwed up? Why is it just so, 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 so unorganized? I said, well, maybe, honey, God is calling you to be a principal. Said, no, I don't know if I want to be no principal. I just want to go on curriculum design. I don't know if I want to do that. And God just kept pushing her and pushing her and pushing her. Now she'll be doing a master's degree in August. Praise the Lord. Because she realized there's a greater purpose in her. Sometimes God will trick you into your purpose. You're like, I, ain't, I don't want to do that. I ain't called to do that. No, I want to do this over here. And sometimes you got to, there's a wrestle going on in your heart because you want to do one thing, but God has another plan for you. I don't want to be no preacher. I'm not qualified to be a preacher. I was born with a speech impediment. I was in resource room to the fifth grade. Come on, I just barely made, I probably got social promoted maybe once or twice in my life. I don't even know. I do not have it all together. I'm not, I don't. What you see is glory to God. It's not me. Trust me. It's not me. But if you give your life to God, if you turn your life and follow the purpose that he has for your life, he will unlock so many doors for you that will blow your mind. And God is no respecter of person. What he does for one, he will surely do for another. And I'm telling you, do not waste this year. As I was talking to Brother Allen, he said, Pastor, I believe this is, he said, this is a leap year. He said, I believe in God for every quarter for God to do something substantial in my life. 
And I know God did something substantial in quarter one. I said, but we're in quarter two now. I'm looking for another leap. I'm looking for another jump. I'm looking for another breakthrough. I'm looking for a, 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 another rites of passage. I'm looking to go to another place. And that's the type of tenacity that you have to have. That will all hell begin to break loose. It's just an indicator that something's on the way. See, when you get resistance in your life, that means you're close to it. And the trick of the enemy is to get you to quit and to stop and to throw in the towel. If you begin resistance, let me tell everybody who comes to this church to get resistance. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because every time you get here, God gives you something. He gives you something so you can live on purpose. The gathering church is not for everybody. Understand that. If you're here, you're privileged to be here. And not because I'm the pastor. I'm privileged just to be here. That God will even call me to such a work as this. But the reason he doesn't want us to come into God's house is because we get purpose, we get instruction, we get direction. And what the enemy does, he applies resistance. It puts hindrances in our way to stop us from receiving what God has for us. You need your daily download. You need your weekly download when you come to God's house. You need to hear what thus saith the Lord so you can walk in your purpose. You might be saying, well, pastor... I thought I'm walking in my purpose. I'm doing, I thought I'm doing what, what, what God called me to do. When God calls you to do something, you will see the fruitfulness of God in your life. You will see the provision. Where there is vision, there's always God's provision. You need to see God's provision in your life. But it starts with you walking out the purpose that he has for you. Let me tell you something. There's so many blockades that come against us in this life. So many stumbling blocks. Fear is one. Because sometimes God calls us to something and we're fearful. That was my major malfunction. When God said, you're going to be a pastor. I said, no, I don't want to be a pastor. I'll be a traveling evangelist. I'll be the prophet to the nations. I'll do all that other stuff. But I don't want to be a pastor. Because I really don't want to deal with people attitudes. I want to preach and run. Preach and run. He said, no, that's not, that's, that's not what I'm calling you to do. I want you to pastor. I want you to shepherd. I was fearful. I'm like, God, do I have what it takes to do what you've called me to do? God, I'm not perfect. God, I don't have all the education. I don't have a doctorate degree. I don't have all these things. I, and I started making a list of excuses. Oh, why? I'm not qualified. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're making a list of excuses. Oh, why you're not qualified. Maybe why you're not qualified for God's love? Why you're not qualified for God's grace? Why you're not qualified to do what he's called you to do? And I made excuse as an excuse and I even wasted some time. But then I got to a place where the Lord really began to deal with me. I remember I was praying with a particular sister on the phone. And she just began to pray and encourage me. And she said, don't you realize that you don't have what it takes? I'm like, well, yeah, I know I don't have what it takes. That's why I don't want to do what God's called me to do. She said, no, that's the reason that God is calling you. Because you don't have what it takes. If you did, he wouldn't call you. If he did, he wouldn't call you. If you had what it takes, you wouldn't need God. If you had what it takes, why would you even serve him? Because you had it all together anyhow. You wouldn't need God. The reason God has called you because he knows that you'll depend on him so you can have everything that you need to do what he's called you to do. If God has called you to something, that means he has qualified you for it. Stop going by human qualifications. Because you got people who have degrees, they have all this stuff, and still going straight to hell. 
Tell your neighbor, God has qualified me. Oh, y'all don't sound convinced. Watch it, tell your neighbor, God has qualified me. Yes. I know the man, I know man might say you're not qualified. I know maybe your education might say you're not qualified. I know, me he said, well, my bank account don't surely say I'm not. No, but God says you're qualified. You're qualified to do great things. I don't care how many setbacks, I don't care how many mistakes you made. You are qualified to do what God has called you to do. Remove the blockage of fear. Get rid of that fear in your life. Get rid of it. Get, 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 get rid of yourself. Get yourself out the way. Sometimes ourselves, our personalities, our issues stop us. Sometimes we're, 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 we're stuck in time. And sometimes we blame everything on the enemy. But what about the enemy? What about the inner you? Sometimes we're our worst critic. We're our worst devil. And God is saying, get rid of yourself. These are the things that will block you from, from, from traveling in your purpose, from walking in your purpose. God has a vision for your life. What are you going to do with it? Are you just going to sit there and waste time? You have to take a step of faith towards it. This vision, this, 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 this message resonated with me so much. I, I, I'm so tempted. I was talking with Pastor Alfred. I'm so tempted to almost do a, a, a closed Bible study session for like maybe three to, to, to five weeks and hold people accountable who really want to see some change in their life this year. I mean, that's how really serious I am about this because if we don't, if, if we don't make moves now, we're going to lose a whole nother year. What, some, of you, uh, uh, some, some of you have businesses. What are you waiting for? You're frustrated going to work Monday through Friday. You can't send no one talking to you because you're supposed to be your own boss. You're supposed to have your own practice, your own business. Your, your consultation, I mean, you're supposed to be growing and, and doing great things, but you're holding yourself back. Because you keep making excuses. I don't have time. I don't have time. You got to make time. Let me tell you, we make time for what we want to make time for. I tell you, if I have a million dollars given out on Monday evening, you will be here. <laughs> you will be here. I would not hear no issue about you crossing no bridge coming from New York. I would hear nothing about no traffic. I would hear nothing about your job. You will be here. We make time for what we want to make. Let your favorite movie come out. You will make time. Come on now. You'll buy your tickets weeks and months in advance. Come on now. Come on now. Let, let, let your favorite shopping store have a sale. You will make some time to travel there. You will get a carpool. You will go up to the mall with your girlfriend. Girl, we're going to Macy's. They have clearance, girl. Come on. This is family and friends weekend. You will make some time. To be there. So don't tell me you don't have time. If a man or woman comes into your life, you start calling, you will make some time for boo-boo. You will make some time for your boo-boo stank thing. Yes, you will. But we don't want to make no time for God. We don't want to make no time for the vision. We don't want to make no time for the greater purpose that he has for us. These are things that, 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 that I'm talking about. Some of us got to get past the past. Because we have past failures and past mistakes, we say, because my past is jaded, because my past is, 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 is messed up, I don't have a future. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. We all have jacked up pasts. Some are more messy than others, yes, but it's still a jacked up past nonetheless. 
Some of us are still making mistakes right now. You made us think before you got to church this morning. But it doesn't negate that God doesn't have a glorious future for you. You just have to go after it. And I'm here today as an encourager to tell you to go after the dream that God has put in you. There's seven principles that I want to share with you, and then I'm closing from my back of two. The Bible says, write the vision, make it plain upon the tab, upon the tablets or the tables, that he may run with it, that read it. For the vision is yet for a point of time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it shall surely come to pass. There are seven principles that I want to give you from Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. First one is the principle of documentation. The prophet Habakkuk said, write the vision. Take time to write down what is your vision. This is the principle of documentation. You have to document what God has spoken to you. How will you remember it? Document what he said. Now today we're in a day where we have so many technology. You, 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 you can make a video blog of it. You, 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 you can do an audio recording. But document what he said. Don't say, I'm a hold in my mouth. Let me tell you something. Life is going to hit you so hard, you're going to forget about everything. And I'm the pastor. When life comes, life comes. You get caught up in the world. You get caught up in the vortex of life. You will forget everything that God said. You'll forget every word, every message. You'll be like, oh, he did say that to me. Oh, yeah, I forgot. He showed up dead. I forgot about that. If you wrote it down, if you kept reading it, did you realize he spoke to you? Let me tell you something. God is always quiet during the test. He's like a teacher. Some of you right now, I don't hear a guy. He spoke to you. You didn't write it down. He gave you everything that you need. He told you stuff was going to come. Stuff was going to happen. But you didn't take heed. So now you're like, what's going on? What's going on in my life? Why all hell breaking loose? He told you that. He gave you instructions what you need to do when the storm came. He told you to go run, him, run to him for shelter. But now you're still out in the open air getting tossed in to and fro by the winds of life. Documentation. You got to write the vision. You got to write the vision. The principle of documentation. Second, the principle of simplification. You got to simplify it. The vision can't be so complex that you can't even kind of memorize it. Your vision should be in a statement. Write down your paragraph, all the things you believe God wants to do, but make it what I call a sticky statement that you can remember what he's called you to do. So if I say, Diana Salik, what is your vision? She'll be like, my vision is blah, 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 blah. Boom. She'll know. See, that's the type of vision God wants you to have. You're supposed to know your purpose. Why are you here? And if you say, Pastor, I don't know, we can help you to know. That's why you're here. The principle of simplification. Make it plain. Make it plain. Make it plain. Make it to a place where you can discuss it. You can talk about it with ease. Not something you got to say, oh, let me, let me get the paper. Um, I want to be... The, no, 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 no. no. You have to eternalize it. It has to be you. If you don't remember it, surely no one else is going to remember it. If it's a mist to you, it's going to be a fog to everybody else. It's your life. It's your vision. What are you doing with it? Three... The principle of shared vision. 
The Bible says, give it to the heralds. Give it to the heralders that they might run with it. A herolder, we say hawk the herald. These are people who bring the message. Give it to people who can help you with your vision. That's what a herolder does. He helps to, he, 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 he becomes your echo. They help you with your vision. As a senior pastor here, God has given me a vision. But I, surely I, I, I can't do all this by myself. God has put people around me to help echo the vision. Because I'm the voice. The question is, are you an echo or are you a voice? Are you living somebody else's vision? Or are you living your vision? Quiet in here. Are you living your vision? So when you walk in your vision, it will connect to other people's vision. But if you don't have any sense of vision, you just waste your time helping somebody else and you're not doing nothing about your own life. See, when you have a shared vision, you're helping me and I'm helping you. It is a divine partnership. Pastor, I can hear a pin drop. My God, it's quiet in here. Lord Jesus. The principle of shared vision. Give it to the heritors. Number four. The Bible says, let them run with it. The principle of participation. The principle of participation. There's stuff that we're going to do together to make the vision happen. Sometimes in life we get stuck with our vision. You know, sometimes in life we get a, what I call a flat tire on the highway of life. And everybody's just passing you by, passing you by. Everybody's putting their post up on Facebook. Everybody's starting their ministry. All the people you didn't help to get there, now they're superseding you because you got a flat tire. And you're getting bitter and frustrated and angry because like, wait a minute. I was in ministry before this chick was even saved. Now here this person now going to have this international ministry. And here I am and I'm still stuck. Am I helping somebody today? I went to school with this joker. This joker was struggling on drugs. I was trying to get A's. And now he's this executive and I'm at McDonald's? What? That doesn't make any sense. You need someone who's going to help you with your vision. Someone's going to help push you. I call them vision partners. Years ago with our men's ministry here, we had a vision party. We all got our vision together. Amen. We begin to talk about what our vision, we begin to push each other towards our dream. And I ain't talking about that nice stuff. Because my thing, if you say you're going to want something, we're going to push you. That means if they know what you got to do, I, I know where to pick this foot, right? Help you to get there real fast. Because sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need someone to give you a good kick. Get through that door. Come on. You've been stuck there too long. And they'll get on your nerve. They'll aggravate you, but you know they love you. You know those people in your life. They're like, oh, that person again. But you know they love you. They want God's best for you. Uh-huh. Y'all quiet in here, but I still love you anyway. It's the principle of participation. You need some help. You can't do it by yourself. You cannot accomplish your vision by yourself. You need people who are going to partner with you. If you're married, get with your spouse. Partner with each other. There was times the pastor was like, honey, I don't like typing no paper. Just leave me alone. I'm going to pass this 
I don't know if I'm going to pass this class. I'm just going to quit. I'm, I'm going to withdraw. I said, no, you're not. You're not going to do that. No, you have it. God is, you can do this. You can, I don't think I'm going to pass. And every class she's got an A in for almost the last two years. A after A after A. Every time she's like, I think I'm going to fail. I said, but how you get another A if you're going to fail? God is faithful. Come on, I'm talking about master's program now. I'm talking undergraduate, master's work. You read a book a week. Come on now, you write a term paper a week. You know, working full time, pastoring. Come on now, being my wife. Come on now, that's a lot of old work. There. That's a lot of hard work. But God will give you the grace, but you need someone to partner with you to push you. You need someone who knows your business. Because we hide and we don't know you, so I don't even know how to help you. Because you're not being honest with me. I'm not saying you open your business up to everybody, but there's somebody. Somebody you can trust. Somebody who knows your dirt and will cover you and push you towards your purpose anyhow. That's what I'm talking about. Someone who knows when you stumbled and when you made that mistake and when you had that one night stand and when you lied and when you did this, but they still love you anyway. I'm talking about those type of people in your life. Those are vision partners who will be with you through thick and through thick, even through your folly. They'll coach you back into God. They'll love you back into righteousness. I'm talking about having someone who could be with you. Enough of these fake Christians in God's house. Phony smiles and God bless you and praise the Lord. You don't even mean me no good. Stop lying. You know, I meant to call you. was never going to call me. You never called me one time. Stop lying. Crack me up when people say, oh, yeah, you haven't seen it. Well, I meant to call you. know you did it. Stop lying. You just remember me just now because you just saw me. You just said, oh, I forgot that person. Can I help somebody today? I'm going to get somebody free this morning. You need people who, if you're not in church, why are you not here? What's up? I haven't seen you in two weeks. What's going on? Well, no, you ain't too busy for God. You need to be, you need to be in God's house next week. He's the one who's going to tell you the truth and love you in the truth and help you. When I was in school, you had study buddies. If you missed the class, can I get a copy of your notes? I got you. Don't worry about it here. This is what the professor talked about today. You need that in the spirit. You didn't hear today's message. Look, 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 look. Pastor going to put it up here, here, here. I record it on my cell phone. Here, here. Listen to it. This is going to help you. It's going to bless you. Those are vision partners. Those are people who help you. The principle of participation. Brings me to... The fifth principle. And this is the principle of timing. It talks about the vision awaits for yet an appointed time. An appointed time. Now, appointed time does not mean any time. It means that God has already set up a season and a time for the manifestation of your vision. It's an appointed time. It's like you have a, 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 a calendar, an address, I mean, a, a, a appointment book, and you said, I have this appointment this Wednesday at, at 12 noon. That's how God is in the spirit. There's an appointed time. There is a time for you to go through what you need to go through to prepare you for the appointed time. Now, here's the problem. You don't want to miss your appointment. When I go to the doctor's office, you know, they give you about five minutes grace. If you're not there five minutes, you better call the doctor and say, I'm not going to be there or I'm running late or else you're going to miss your appointment. 
See, probably some of us, we miss our appointed times because we're not in the place that we need to be. I have to get to my appointment on time. Same thing in God, you have to get to your appointed time. You have to make sure that you have postured yourself for what God has for you. You can't say, God, I want the blessing, but have no room or have no experience to even handle the blessing. If you can't keep your apartment clean, why should God bless you with a house? If you have no time for yourself, why should God bless you with a spouse? If you're not even faithful on your job, why should God give you a promotion? If your attitude is stink now, why should he bless you with more? God doesn't bless an ass, does he? If you're going to follow the vision that God has for you, it's a principle of timing. And see, the problem is that the, 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 the timing can become so frustrated. Because our timing is quick, fast, in a hurry. We live in a microwave generation. You know, we want everything now. And we want it our way. Gotta have it our way. We live in a selfie world. It's all about self. 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 It's all about us. Us. Just taking pictures and selfies and ussies and all weebies, whatever you call it. But it's all about us. How we want it. Kind of work. God is a God that says it's all about me. He said, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. He is the focus. He is the one who has it all. He is the one who is sovereign. When you live a true life of vision and you understand God's timing, you trust him. You don't focus on you. You trust him. You trust that he knows what's best because the Bible says he does know what's best. Even if it's frustrating, even if, even if it doesn't make sense, but you trust God that he knows the right time for things to happen. Some of you are walking into new blessings in this season. I'm like, God, but I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for this shift. I wasn't ready for this change. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this, but this is the time. This is the appointed time. Sometimes you have to play catch up with God when he begins to move. He's moving like, oh, I didn't expect this. Oh, I didn't know this. Oh, this was going to happen right now in my life, God. Because this was the appointed time for it to happen. You have to learn how to get in sync with God. In him we live, move, and have our being. It, it, it reminds me of, of, of a dancer who's in sync with, 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 with their partner. It's a choreographed movement. In him we live, we move, we have our being. Are you in sync with God? Are you, are, are you in sync with the choreographed move of God over your life? Sounds out of sync. He's over here, you over there somewhere. Follow the cloud. Get connected where he is. The principle of timing. And then it brings me to principle six. The principle of patience. Everybody say patience. Yeah, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. Now, wait for it doesn't mean you just sit there and you twiddle your thumbs and, well, someday now maybe it'll come. No, no. Waiting is an active word. 
That means while, while, while you're waiting, you're in the stance. You're like, okay, God, anytime, any minute, any place it can happen, I'm, I'm going to trust you. There's a sort of anticipation in the waiting. Uh-huh. When, we, when, it talks about, when it talks about waiting on the Lord, it gives the picture of, of someone who is a waiter or server at a table. If you had a real server, I ain't talking about the server you have to wait five minutes to get their attention. I'm talking about if you went to a nice restaurant, the server is there waiting. Oh, you need some? We want some water? Before you even ask, they watch it. They have eagle eyes, like hawk eyes. They're seeing everything. Oh, 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 they need some more bread. There's some more bread. They need this. That's the type of waiting we have to wait on the Lord. Wherever you want to, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. Any way you bless me, God, I won't complain. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you. The, 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 the principle of, of patience. Sometimes we don't like to wait because, you, you know, we, we, we have to have it now. We, 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 we have to see it now. But sometimes you just ain't ready for it. There's some things I asked God to do. And if he gave it to me, woo, I would have messed that one up. What? I would have made a mistake. My life would be in shambles. I would not be standing before you today. Come on now, you be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. God, if you only bless me with this, God, you bless me with that. God, you bless me with my smile. Come on, he gave you that. You were messed it up. Because you were not ready. You were not mature enough to receive what he has for you. The principle of patience. You have to wait. And I'm closing, and this is the final principle. And this is the one that we need to remind ourselves of constantly. It's the principle of faith. The principle of faith. The Bible says it will certainly come. Now this is not man talk. This is a prophetic word from the prophet Habakkuk. The Bible says God cannot lie. That means what he speaks shall surely come to pass. It's a, and it will certainly come. It will surely come. It's the principle of faith. If God has given you a promise, you have to know it will surely come to pass. It will surely come to pass. It will surely come to pass. What he spoke to you, it will surely come to pass. I like the scripture. It, 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 it says, wait for it. It says, though it tarry, it might take a little bit, but it will surely come to pass. You know, sometimes it's sweeter with the wait. Because you appreciate it more. You appreciate it more. Yes, you do. I, I, I was talking with my bishop, and some of you, some of you was on Facebook this week, but our bishop, our, our, our overseer, Carlton Brown, is getting an honorary doctorate degree. Amen. In, 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 in a few weeks, and I was so excited. like, woo, woo, woo. But people already know that he was already working on a doctorate degree. He was already working. So he, he's, he's, he's going to get an honorary doctorate, a, a doctorate of divinity. But the next year, he's going to graduate and get his doctor of ministry, right? And so many people say, oh, my God, you know, you can stop now. You got an honorary doctorate. That means you, you made accomplishments, your book, your accomplished author. But it's something sweet in the work. Knowing that you put the elbow grease. Knowing that you invested your time for that thing to happen. God makes it sweeter for you. If people just give you everything you want anytime you need something, you'll never appreciate nothing. Talk about when kids begin to act, Daddy, I want this, Daddy, I want this. Sometimes you got to say, no, you're not going to get that. Or you got to work for that. Show them them grades. Come on now. 
You, you want that iPhone show up in the grave. You want them sneakers? Come on, come on, come on. Do some chores in the house. Come on. You got to teach us of responsibility. You got definitely have adults now. Some of us now are spoiled because we never had to wait for nothing. Every time we wanted something, we always had it. And now we're living real life and we're struggling. We're like, what's going on? I don't get everything I want because you're spoiled. And your mom and daddy ain't around to, to help you with your habits, and now you're struggling. You're in debt. Because you say, well, I could buy it myself. And you can't afford it. Because you're spoiled. Oh, I always wanted to say that. Praise God. That was therapy for me. Praise God. Some of you are just spoiled. And it's okay. You have to allow God to work on you. God, I got to temper you. Come on now. God does a work in you. Sometimes he has to help you out to get get you on course. But you have to have the principle of faith. You have to know that what God spoke to will certainly come to pass. Let me tell you something. When we talk about Habakkuk 2, this is discipline right here. He's like, what is discipline? You got to (laughs) write. You got to document. You got to simplify. You got to have shared vision. You got to have participation with other people. Your timing got to be right. You got to trust God's timing. You have to be patient and you have to have faith. That takes discipline, ladies and gentlemen. That takes discipline. See, the problem is some of us, we, we start off good, but then when life begins to get rocky, the winds begin to blow, then we begin to lose it. And then you come right back off the road and you get a flat tire on the highway of life. And then whew, people are passing you by all over again. And getting frustrated. But I'm here today. I'm triple A this morning. I'm triple A this morning in the spirit, in the Holy Ghost. I want to help someone fix their flat tire this morning. I want to help someone to get back on the highway of life. I want to help someone live this morning. I want to help you get off of the shoulder and get back in the fast lane. It's time for you to make progression this year. We're in the month of April. You it's not too late. Some of you, you have made strides, but some of you, you know what? You got distracted. And God is saying, it's time to get back serious. Time to get back serious. You know, it, 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 it reminds me of like, like, like a woman in labor. She has to remain focused to give birth. Time she want to give up this too painful. Forget it. It's another way. Knock me out. Knock whatever. But she has to go through the process. She has to birth that thing. She has to stay focused. She has to be disciplined to give birth to her blessing. To give birth to a bundle of joy. And the same thing with us in our Christian walk. We have to remain disciplined. Moving the, 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 the fear. Getting ourselves, our own issues out of the way. And let it go on the past. So we can embrace God's glorious future. That's the life that God wants us to live this morning. That's the life of discipline. I'm not here to say I've got it all together. Because it's a day by day process. Your life in God is not a sprint. It's not. You don't and you get there. It's a day by day by day by day process.